When I found out that there was a John and Kate plus a episode of the dark side of the 2000s, I knew we had to watch it. There has been essentially nothing out there about the show and kind of what people didn't see ever. I feel like this is the first time something is coming out about essentially the dark side. So Vice TV dropped the first episode of their, what is it, Dark Times of the 2000s. Mm -hmm. And there's so many just little tidbit shows of things we've watched when we were younger. Uh, Not even that something that comes up to me is that remember little people, big world. Yeah. We need something like this for that show, but that show's still on. It's still going. Yeah. So I don't think they'll do that. So we need to wait for it to end. (laughs) And then eventually we'll get the, the, the documentary going, you know, behind the scenes of what happened. But for John and Kate plus eight, before watching this documentary, which we highly recommend everyone go watch. What did you remember about, kind of who they were and what they went through. I definitely remember the good cop, bad cop. And they mentioned that in the show, kind of how the show played out, why it captured viewers. But that's exactly how I remember it. I remember adorable kids. And then just, gosh, when I think of the show, the first thing that comes to mind is how just intense Kate was. She would always pick at John. And no matter what he did, he was doing it wrong. And... It it was some point now as an adult, like it's amazing that kind of they could handle it as long as they did with the pressures of reality TV. I mean, not only a stressful relationship, but add everyone's opinion on top of it. Now, from my perspective, I didn't watch the show like that. Mm-hmm. I was just aware just due to media and posts and just seeing their stories of one, just what their story was and just having so many kids and then eventually being aware of sort of the the, the downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually do recall when they made the, you know, Kate plus eight or just the Kate show. Yeah. I, re- I recall that. I do too. And I remember thinking, all right, I'm out now. Like I, I really dislike Kate. I don't need a whole show of Kate. But it's interesting how I recall their downfall but it's amazing how, and I mean, this goes back to, I mean, just what television and fame is. It's amazing how fast you forget about people. <laughs> like, yeah. b- but besides this, I have not thought about Kate plus a no, like ever. Same. Like, there was just no reason. Like, it doesn't. It was just a moment in that time. What I will give the doc credit for is they do an amazing job of going into the how the show came about. Well, first of all, who is John and Kate, uh, their story, how the show came about a few reactions. Sadly, we don't get the reactions from Kate's side or even people that mm-hmm. are sort of in her camp, uh, which is kind of a bummer to get really a documentary that gets both sides of things, but they do a good job of describing the machine that is television, the schedule they went through, how, how much they're actually filming for a year, the emotional involvement with the, you know, I always call them characters on, you know, characters on the show, but the different characters uh, involved in the show and what they go through. So really good documentary. Do you remember any episode in particular? I don't because I didn't, I didn't watch it like that. Like I I literally was the person who just, Oh, I got my update because the news is, you know, it's on ETV or whatever. And I'm getting the update. The episode that is burned into my brain, not even episode, a scene from an episode is when, 
John went to make a big purchase and I believe it was a refrigerator. I believe it was. He came home. Kate demanded the receipt as she would. He shows her and she asked if he used the coupon. He said he didn't and she lost her shit. Like absolutely yelling at him. You have to take it back. You're taking it back. We could have saved $300, like whatever it was and losing it. And that's burned into my head. When I think of the show, it is that moment. Is this like some kind of season one thing where maybe they're not making as much money. So this fridge purchase is, you know, substantial. I believe this was in the big house. So they had a lot of money. If my memory serves correct. I mean, this was a very long time ago, but if I remember this was in the big house. See, if it was, it just makes you think that was her television. No, I think she's that intense. It wasn't about the money. It was him not listening to her. Mm -hmm. And you got to listen to Kate, apparently. So the show starts out with how they met. And I didn't know a lot of this. I didn't know their early life prior to the show. They were very young. I didn't realize how young they were. When they had like all these kids at the height of their show, they were like 28. So much pressure. They had their twins via IUI and they wanted another child. So they did IUI again and ended up with six. Kate ends up having the sextuplets. She is pretty smart here. She kind of let everyone know around her. Like the paper, the church, the like everyone. It was a little news article blurb that she had the kids. And then... The church kind of rallied around them, it seemed, which is really nice. They Mm -hmm. had donations coming in for them. They had tons of people rotating in and out of the house to help with feedings and changings. And I mean, thank goodness they had this help. I don't know how. This is one of those it takes a village. Yes, because I remember on the show, they both talked about how they were estranged from their families. So it's not like they had their parents coming in, anything Mm -hmm. like that. So the community really did step up for them. John had... No job at this time. So they were living off donations, essentially. Did he mention that he loses his job at this time? I don't remember if he just parted with them or there wasn't enough paternity leave. Like, I don't remember the reason. I just know he didn't have a job when they came home. Well, so, I mean, something must have happened where he needed to dedicate so much time to the family and the kids where his work was like, hey, you're basically not here. Like, we need someone to fill this role. And you used up all your paternity leave or whatever it may be. Uh, so that's a bummer. But that's just so many young children. I mean, one kid is already a full-time job. Having eight kids, that just seems insurmountable. Like, let's say they're not sextuplets. Like, eight kids alone mm-hmm. of small age yep. is so much energy. So much time. So they ended up doing two documentaries before the show was offered. And those documentaries blew up. Of Bangers. course this was going to turn into a Bangers. show. In 2008, this was the time when they were showing a lot of unique families. So we had John and Kate plus eight. But we also had Little People Big World. And as well as the infamous 19 Kids and Counting. At around season three to four, Kate begins to take advantage of the fame. She has a book. She tours around doing book signings. She really created a persona of John and Kate plus eight. And she is a mother and how she mothers and just really put herself out there. And at this point, they were essentially moving into the height of their fame. 
and they purchased a 23-acre estate. I don't know if Kate had advice or an agent to sort of guide her along with things that the family should be doing to maximize their um, their profits. Mm-hmm. But I have to give her credit that it seems like she was doing, and even just from what we got from the documentary, she was doing all the right things as far as to be able to make sure her family was secure. Yeah, like I give her crap, but man, she worked for it. She was out there hustling. At this point in the documentary, we kind of went over the beginnings of the show and everything, but then it kind of switches to the children. And this is the first time we see like Hannah and Colin running around and kind of we get introduced to them now as adults, which is wild. Like, I know I didn't age that much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how did they age? Sure, sure. (laughs) No, I am still that young. (laughs) It was interesting to get their perspective on... I basically grew up with a camera in Mm -hmm. my face. Like it's just, and John and Kate also mentioned this is like how quickly you get used to that. Wouldn't it just be strange if we had a a cameraman or camera person just sitting back there recording us record a pilot? Like obviously that wouldn't happen, but that we'd get so used to it that we would basically not even, you know, notice them. I don't think I ever could. I, Family that I know and I love will come to town just to visit. And while they're in our home, like, I can't relax. I can't imagine it being someone filming me and then that crew seeing me. It's Mm. so much. Like, we could never be on a show. No way. No. Purely because of me. (laughs) (laughs) They said they filmed every single day in 2008, aside from two days. No. Here's a rub. It seems like... (laughs) And, you know, we just recorded a pod for Sister Wives, and it seems like they record sort of in a condensed window, Mm -hmm. maybe a couple months. But it almost seems like everyone's kind of, you know, we don't have this totally figured out. And maybe didn't realize filming someone for an entire year is maybe not the best move. For example, what would, where would we have been if they did have more of a, I guess, relaxed schedule or maybe only filmed in important times, you know, like we do now with holidays, big events, trips. Yeah. But not all year. There must be so much garbage footage if you're there the entire year. Or absolute gems. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Hannah says that she didn't feel forced, but definitely didn't want to do it some days. But they were just always there. As soon as she got up, As soon as she ate her breakfast, later in the day, they were always there. And goodness, this crew, I hope they had people kind of switching in and out. Like shift work? Yeah. Which is also absurd to have shift work. That's so intense. To follow children. Then we see the vow renewal in Hawaii. I remember this too, and I feel like I got scammed. Knowing the timeline now. It's amazing because... What the showrunners knew as far as their relationship, and not only that, but how, and this is also this doc is so interesting because it's almost also a warning for reality TV as far as what you see is not really reality at all. For example, John and Kay and and the crew they went on these like crazy trips, and you know probably reining in that many children to at some other country you've never been to must be just like chaos, which is like, yeah, Mm -hmm. let's film that. We need to capture this chaos and we're going to air it. Yeah, that's good for TV, but that's also probably not something they would do. 
No, and also John does bring up that everything was set up, like every outing, every special moment was set up but they also got like everything paid for for all of those and then they had their per diem so they felt like it was a good deal on both ends like yes they're having to film the whole time but absolutely everything is covered right my family gets these experiences exactly Mm -hmm. so the vow renewal airs it's beautiful it's great and then a couple weeks later john is pictured leaving a club one night with their former babysitter not, not a good look. Not a good look. Not a good look. Not a good look. <laughs> They're very flirtatious. They leave together. They're like totally shocked they're being filmed. But I, they should have known it was coming, right? Even it, in that small town, they should have known. It's amazing for someone to be comfortable filming or comfortable slash used to filming for an entire year is surprised when he comes out of a club and there's a camera. Mm -hmm. It just seemed interesting to me. I think more so he was surprised that he garnered the attention of paparazzi like that. Yeah. Versus like their own crew. Mm -hmm. And then the curveball. At this point, John and Kate have been separated for months. So this isn't like he told his wife he's going to the gym and he's at the club. You know, sure. (laughs) Granted, it's it's not good. You're not divorced. You're not. I mean, This is new, relatively. Also, I'm very anti-Kate, but I don't want to make it seem like I'm totally sold on John. Just to clarify. (laughs) But I do have more sympathy for him, for sure. I do wonder, after going through this dog, and like I mentioned earlier, we don't really get to see too many people speak on Kate's side. None. Which is a bummer, because I do wonder if that kind of skews our opinions or thought process or... We don't get to see into their lives. So I wonder maybe on the pod you'll realize like we're kind of just a little bit more on John's side, even though we think John's probably still a butthole, but <laughs> just a little bit on John's side. But hey, Kate really doesn't have anyone batting for her in, on this dock. Not on the dock, but I do have two statements to read when we get at the end. Sure. Then we move on to season four of the show and John isn't even living in the main house. So I assume he's in kind of either like a mother-in-law quarters or a guest house, kind of just on the 23-acre property. At this point, TLC decided to harness the drama and kind of made viewers almost a part of it in a way. He would have, they would have like John and Kate say things like, maybe we'll be back, maybe we won't. Like it's a whole playing into it. Season five then comes around and it is the biggest premiere yet. But everything in the background is just falling apart and they finally reveal the separation. The same day that airs and the separation is known, Kate files for divorce. It was interesting. This is one of the first points. I can't remember if it was in the doc, but where I mentally kind of saved that. I kind of appreciated John a little bit more. Because the showrunners, you know, they kind of debate on how much money was offered. But in any way, they offered money to John to continue filming Mm -hmm. as if they were married, but not together. And it was fascinating because, again, we don't get to see Kate's people speak for her. But it kind of sounds like she was down for that. Oh, completely. And I appreciated John more in this moment when he said... I am not going to live like that. Like, I can't live like that. That is a blatant lie. Like, I'm 
I'm done with her. Yeah. At one point, the documentary really highlighted how Kate had the attitude of the show must go on. Like even her family were kind of putting out statements saying the show should end. There was one piece where I thought this was an interesting point. And again, more on Kate's side is where, you know, John's making these allegations like maybe how are, you know, how are we impacting our kids' lives or it could have a negative impact. Whereas Kate's team responds with, you didn't have any problem with this when you were in this family making money going on these trips. Mm. But now that we are separated, now you have this problem with your kids being on TV. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a rare moment where it sort of was a viewpoint on Kate's side versus it kind of felt a little bit more leaning towards John's perspective yeah. because we got we got John to talk and um, which we'll talk about in a moment, you know, two kiddos that are sort of more a little bit leaning more on John's side uh, spoke with us as well. I was amazed of how much Kate or just someone in general, again, back to like the fame goes to people's head of like how much she fought to keep this show going, which obviously eventually we got just the Kate show for a season or two. Um, And then, you know, folks might know her past as far as she went on to do a bunch of other random reality, reality TV shows after the fact. So it is amazing how the fame or that attention could really sort of, or maybe it's just the amount of money potentially that you can make makes you want to keep going. Related to that, at one point they talk about how Kate kind of teamed up with Dr. Phil to make a TV proposition for John to stay married for the sake of the show, but that he could in reality do whatever he wanted, which was interesting considering she's the one that filed for divorce. So I don't understand. Maybe they meant... Like while they go through the divorce or just be separated, but just for the sake show to still be John and Kate plus eight, Dr. Phil got wrapped in. I think (laughs) they were going to continue. I think it would just be really, it would just be an odd show because the way the media was following them, the moment, I mean, the moment she filed for divorce, people were on it. So Mm -hmm. even if he had agreed to this, I mean, you would still file for divorce. So people would know you guys are filming this show, but you're acting like you're still married, but we know you're going through a divorce process. That's odd. That's that's a weird part in the documentary timeline. Sure. At one point, TLC offered him $2.1 million to keep filming. He essentially declined it, said he wanted to keep raising the kids separately, and that is when TLC dropped him from the show, and thus, Kate plus eight was born. This is when we see Colin then kind of make his first appearance on the documentary. And I think he's so well-spoken and so sweet. So it's really hard to hear him tell his story. After John was kicked off of the show, K plus eight then started, but TLC was not done. As John kind of went on a few shows and talked about how his kids shouldn't be on TV anymore, TLC sued John for $5 million and kind of kept him from talking for the last 10 years. The power that TLC has. It's amazing that it could last that long. Yeah. During kind of the really messy divorce and everything that was happening, Kate was awarded full custody of the kids, which I find very surprising. I wish they went into more detail on why she was awarded mm-hmm. full custody. Like, what are the grounds? I mean, is it... Are you essentially at this point doing a uh, character assassination on each other? Probably. 
But that's, man, full custody. I feel like that's kind of hard. But even, I mean, I get it. The courts probably didn't want to split the kids up, but because you wouldn't be like, hey, you four kids well, go no, to this but just in the sense of weekends at dad's. Yeah, that just seemed really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Considering it's not like John didn't want to be a part of his kid's life or any kind of, you know, no kind of like harm to his kids or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's kind of interesting that she just outright got full custody. Yeah. The show ends up being canceled in 2011 and Kate is very determined to stay in the spotlight. She goes on Dancing with the Stars, Celebrity Apprentice, The View, and eventually a new season of Kate Plus Eight starts. We move kind of back to Colin at this point in the documentary and it's so sad because at one point they say Colin is a casualty of television. Yeah, it's a bummer. So it seemed like Kate had a hard time raising Colin or mm-hmm. he just needed just a little bit more attention than the other kiddos. Maybe the other kiddos started um, being a little bit more self-sustaining, I guess. And Colin was like, no, like I need some more help. Colin says he was a wild kid. He admits he began rebelling and he didn't want to film. and would purposely stay completely silent and not interact when the cameras were around. And at this point, Kate began treating him differently and separating him from the family. Hannah is then introduced at this point in the documentary, and she backs all of this up. She says that Colin wasn't helped in the home with his behavior. But they even mentioned that Colin essentially, I don't even want to say essentially, Colin didn't eat with the family. Isn't that so sad? Like, where did you, where was Colin while everyone's having dinner? Yeah, because his like dinner time in, was separate. Do you like put him in time out during dinner time? Like what is going on during dinner time? That's so fucked up. Like think of the psychologically how horrible that is for anyone to be ostracized from their family. But as a child, that's horrible. The sextuplets turn 12. There's a big party and Colin is noticeably absent and he is not living with the family anymore. He was put into a psychiatric hospital and I just, how do you, I don't even know what the grounds are for just like sending your kid away. Like, it seems like Kate had it done so easily. Obviously I have no idea in the background and they didn't go into great detail about this, but they, they mentioned something interesting, which could almost be its own documentary if it's not already. Whereas I believe he was there for three years, a long time one that's, that's a very long time. I don't know what those environments are like. It's probably not the best. It's probably not as good as living with your parents, I would hope. But John mentions when he starts essentially trying to find out where his child is, which is also amazing because he has no custody. There is like no legalities to even tell this individual Mm -hmm. where their child is, which is it's amazing that's that that is even possible. Yeah. For a father of a child to not be allowed to know where his child is i mean there's some circumstances where of course that's due to like for sure safety and things like that and i can understand it but man if we just knew why she got full custody i feel like that would connect so many dots for me but then from from john's perspective this is a father who wants to be in their kid's life and has not harmed his kid in any way Mm -hmm. And is not allowed to know where it just it was amazing to see on on this documentary and the fact that it you know, we don't even know that it's happening as this show is just airing. But what was interesting to me is that 
he's trying to find out like why is my kid in here like what is a diagnosis and they essentially tell him there is no diagnosis and it's like what do you mean there is no diagnosis like how is my kid yeah, even or like in they're here? in the process and I'm like what do you mean it's been years and that's another thing of like how can you just hold a kid like this if there's no diagnosis or no reasoning mm-hmm. it was that I mean that was so fascinating to me of like wow does that need its own investigation of like that this is going on. This is probably not the only case in the in the US oh, or in the world sure of something like this happening. I mean, that's just that's just amazing to me. And it seems like John had to essentially burn through any and all of his savings and like and you know, for legal battles and whatnot to essentially get custody of just Colin. Yep. To be able to take him out of this facility. The only reason that John found out was because he was going to the school to have lunch with his kids. I assume that's kind of one of the only ways he got to interact with them at all. And he noticed Colin wasn't there. He asked the kiddos, hey, where's your brother? And no one knew. No one could tell him anything. Colin talks about how he would tell his teachers that his mom was abusive. And as soon as Kate found out, that's when he was shipped off. When John questioned the school they said that he wasn't enrolled anymore and they weren't allowed to tell any more than that because again the whole custody issue at this point kind of words getting out about the situation and kate goes on abc and says that she can't talk about the care and custody but she smiles and says she knows where he is and she'll leave it at that very eerie to see her say that Mm mm-hmm So John spends about a million dollars trying to find him, trying to get him out, get everything in order. And the only reason he knew where Colin was was because Colin wrote him a letter in crayon. And I don't even know how it got to John. Yeah. How would he even know his dad's address unless it hadn't changed or I mean, he's still fairly young at the time. So, yeah, I'm wondering if he just knew like maybe like the apartment name. Mm hmm. And just put like John and then the apartment name and then like someone like everyone was just being real kind and like got it to John somehow. Mm -hmm. When Hannah found out that is the day that she decided that she's not going to live with her mom anymore. She just went to live with her dad and big props considering kind of the rest of the family did not have that reaction at all. I was surprised Hannah was the only sibling that had that reaction from what we can tell and from we saw in the doc it seems like hannah was the only one who came to this realization which it was it's kind of amazing the way colin describes his lack of relationship with his other siblings Mm -hmm. and there's two two sides to this i think well a few things here is that there's two sides to every story right Mm -hmm. john's side kate's side they talk to their kids Kate, for all we know, again, we don't get to see her side. She might yeah. just tell her kids, like, your dad's the worst person in the world. He's done all these things to me, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And the kids are going to stick with mom and be like, yeah, fuck dad. You know, he's an asshole. We don't know that. But then it didn't make sense where, okay, I get that. And your and your kids might have resentment towards their, their dad. But why do they not talk to their sibling? Yeah. And at this point, they're maybe between it was the ages of maybe 12 to 15 ish or 11 to 14 ish time frame. You're still aware of your siblings and would be aware of my sibling has been gone for like two years. What is going on? Well, not only that, but they don't even talk to him now as that they was are very 18 surprising. years old. They that have is the very ab- surprising 
totally could if they wanted to. But I just think so much has happened at their home. Maybe. Is this like this weird like? Well, you went with dad, so uh, you're the enemy now. We Maybe. can't talk to you. And I wonder Which, how Hannah's relationship has been affected because she also left. I'm just amazed because they've spent, I mean, they are siblings. They spent so many years together mm-hmm. and for you to just cut. And mind you, Colin has done nothing wrong. He was sent away and they just, they just cut him out. Yeah. Hannah says everyone knows what happened and they don't even acknowledge it. I do wonder if... That leads to more of the mental pain they're in. It's a lot easier to just pretend it doesn't didn't you know didn't happen, doesn't exist, calling it doesn't exist versus accepting those feelings of you know just yeah. I, I think it's just easier to just pretend that none of that happened. Hey, that's not my sibling. But versus accepting uh... what the situation is and that you've essentially abandoned your brother. Well, it's so hard because as a kid, you're like taught to listen to your parents. You don't push back. You don't ask questions. You do what you're told. And I'm sure that's, I mean, during all of this, when he was kind of more an adolescent, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's what it was. But going back to if they were to acknowledge this and make that connection, they are going against most likely what their mom has told them their entire Mm -hmm. lives, which means they need to admit that their mom did something wrong yeah yeah and kind of sold maybe a one-sided story john confirmed he has no access to the other children even though they're adults like there's nothing there which is so sad because i mean think of the beginnings of this show one big beautiful happy family john said he's trying to move on with his life he simply went back to work in it and We find out that Kate sold the big house in 2021, moved to North Carolina, and renewed her nursing license. They don't really say if she went back to work. They do tell us that she renewed her license, but it seems like she's sort of faded away from celebrity life, fame, Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully happy and just kind of doing her thing. I'm sure her kids are well taken care of. I hope they... You know, I hope they have great lives, go to school, go to college, do your thing. But it seems like, I mean, we don't, I'm sure they're on Instagram and all these platforms, but I'm not going to follow their kids. Like, I hope they're, they're doing great. Um, But it was interesting to see how they portrayed Kate, the entire documentary to when I guess there was just a random photo of her that someone took. Oh, like the paparazzi photo of of a current, um, a, a relatively current image and just seeing that that difference of where someone is in there. I mean, and it's, it's, I hate the photo too, because it's just, this is just someone in their day to day life. They're like walking their dog, like whatever. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, who cares? catch me taking out the yeah, trash. Like, yeah, like <laughs> it's not cute. <laughs> yeah. How much are you going to put into that? I mean, I'm in fucking PJs all day. Like what, what are you going to do? <laughs> Hannah talks about kind of her life. Now she says that she's trying to mend her relationship with her mom and does say that they are talking to each other more. Colin talks about the really bad accident he had when he fell asleep at the wheel and how his mom and siblings didn't reach out at all, which is horrible. Like, it's still your kid. That's still your sibling. Did you find it interesting the type of car Colin was driving? I did not it register it like at all. It seemed like a, I don't know, like a Mustang or a Dodge Charger or something like that. Oh, was it? But I just thought it was interesting how... John, someone who said he's essentially burned through all of his savings to get his child, went back to work as IT. And mind you, you can make pretty good money at IT, but I don't know if I would make pretty good money to buy my kid like a new 
Mustang slash Charger. Well, it could have been John's car too. I just thought that was interesting. I don't know if it's worth anything at all, but I was just like, oh, that's kind of a cool car for a whatever 18 year old to be driving. I think he was like driving John's car. Mm, I see. On to the statements that have come out since the show has premiered. Let's start with Kate. She posted on Instagram. I have never wanted to have to do this, but I feel I have been backed into a corner and left with no choice. Although it saddens me to do so, I need to speak out now. My son Colin, whom I love with all my heart, has received multiple psychiatric diagnoses over the years. For the safety of myself, his brothers and sisters, and for his own well-being, he was placed in a facility following years of outpatient treatment, which proved insufficient for his needs. The decision to admit him was made by emergency room doctors following one of his many attacks slash outbursts, this one involving the use of a weapon. Fast forward to present day, the following John's removal of Colin from treatment, my son's unpredictable and violent behaviors have sadly continued regularly towards John, Hannah, and others around them. Colin's distorted perception of reality is one of the many issues that he has always struggled with. As many people who have family members grappling with mental health issues, it is rarely and sadly surprising when complete fabrications occur and is just another heartbreaking facet of this fight. All parent-child relationships are complex, but when mental illness is involved, it is incredibly complicated and painful, and certainly not easy for others on the outside to understand. All measures that were taken in our home were at the explicit recommendation of his pediatric psychiatrist and or his team of specialists, and were put into place to safeguard every member of our family, our friends, as well as our family pets. Unfortunately, I believe Colin remains a very troubled young man who continues to need a lot of help. His brothers, sisters, and I have not been directly involved in his life due to his history of unpredictable behavior and violent tendencies towards us. What his sister Maddie posted on social media recently is completely accurate and I deeply appreciate her bravery in doing so. This is all I have to say on the matter, and I will not be discussing the subject any further at this time. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this whole um, thing. Is a great response. I am going to assume part of it was made with a lawyer, especially the part about all of the care was done through medical professionals. This wasn't just some on a whim mom. Hey, check, check this kid into some psych ward. Um, it I, is. Okay. I work in a very specific portion of healthcare and we do have pediatric and other kiddos in our department. This is a big HIPAA no-no. You cannot discuss your child's healthcare at all. You do not have access. I mean, I understand she was his legal guardian and she made these decisions hope maybe with him or at the recommendation of his providers, but you cannot go out on social media discussing a child's medical health information. Hmm, interesting. I didn't so know I am very disturbed and grossed out by the fact that you are even mentioning kind of specifics in this. Not you, but <laughs> yes. Something we didn't get on the doc, which they only had about 45 minutes, so there's only so much you can include. 
they don't let us in if Colin is violent, as she says. She mentions that he got into a car. They mentioned that he got into a car accident. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, was he speeding? Like, what was going on? I don't know he what was going on. He fell asleep at the wheel was the story. But then the alternate story is like, why are you falling asleep in a wheel? Why are you driving when you're like that tired? Like, what it was happens it? all the time. Are you driving at 3 a.m.? Like, what are what is going on in your life that you're tired? For a kid that age to fall asleep at the wheel, yeah. Are you on medications where maybe you shouldn't be driving and it could cause you to like there's so much involved there. But see, it's interesting how if you get a different perspective, the story can change. But also they did not mention, does Colin still require help? Is he getting the assistance mm-hmm. he needs? Is he still um, expressing violent tendencies? Yeah. But because those points would in some ways in this dog validate why Kate placed him in a home to get that help. Yeah. I wish there were a lot more details on that because I felt like it was just so quickly at the end versus, and I understand why, like it wasn't a part of the show. It's not, we were, that portion was essentially like what has happened since. Mm -hmm. And it was just like a quick overview, but Mm -hmm. man, you could do a two hour documentary on this family and what happened to Colin. I mean, there could be another argument that what if your child going through the, who knows what if going through this, I mean, now I'm obviously speaking of what ifs, but you putting him through this process, what if that almost intensified the longevity of sort of these violent expressions? Yeah. I just don't think he got the care he needed regardless. Like, as soon as he became the problem child, Kate then did that shit that probably made it worse. You're not a part of the family. You're going to eat differently. I'm going to segregate you from those you were even born with. But but see, what if the the counterstory to that is that when we have dinner together he's attacked the kids or thrown a fork at them or whatever do you think hannah would still have his back though you know probably not that is an interesting i don't see hannah like giving up her life with her mom and moving in with her dad who she didn't really know it was also interesting that kate mentions that those violent actions are now being pointed at john and, and hannah Mm-hmm. But we, there was no, like, I never got a sense of any, like, Hannah has no negative against her brother. Yeah. So that's what I'm like, uh, it's so hard because obviously that's such a private thing. And like, do we even deserve to know? No. <laughs> I mean, like at the end of the day, no, this is a private matter between this family. But yeah, I don't know. With anything we watch, we're always trying to pick up on anything to get the little bit of truth kind of in between everyone's stories. I really would have appreciated hearing the two about the two older kiddos. Well, one of the older kiddos released a statement, and that was Maddie, who Kate was referencing. Can I read that one now? Sure. Okay. So this was also posted on Instagram, and she said, I never wanted to have to speak up about this in order to allow my brother the ability to live privately after the conclusion of our family's TV show but I've been overwhelmed by hate messages in the last few days and I feel I must set the record straight. I do not owe my allegiance to any persons who have physically threatened me and every member of my immediate family, some incidents as recent as last year. Further, I will never allow someone who has exhibited hateful and even violent behavior towards others based on their racial identity gender identity, or religious beliefs to be in my life. Kindness, tolerance, love, and acceptance are core in my life, and I refuse to compromise them for anyone, even my brother Colin, 
who has unfortunately made his opinions very clear in private. For me, there are no further conversations to be had about rebuilding relationships with anyone in my life after reaching the point of physical violence and hate speech. I cannot speak any further on why Colin has done these things, just that I have witnessed them. I've had hundreds of people messaging my private accounts with the most hateful words you can imagine in the last few days, all without knowing the full truth of what we've been through. I'm asking for peace and privacy and no more hate mail going forward. Going back to what you were mentioning is it's amazing how the story changes or you just get more perspective when you do hear the other side. Yeah. And again, it's tough because it the doc it can't dedicate the whole time for to the Colin storyline exactly. as, as you know we might want to call it, but the way they describe it, it seems like these are fairly violent moments mm-hmm. where people have probably been hurt. Or that was the end goal of it. Or that was the end goal yeah, of it. They and isn't it so hard? Because you have such conflicting stories. Then the alternate story there is she mentions as recently as last year. Mm-hmm. Is she referencing something that happened to Hannah or something that happened to another sibling that they are in communication with? Because Maybe. that would mean that Colin, you are communicating with your other siblings. I mean, maybe not at their will, though. Like, let's say, for example, you got a new phone. And something they meant, well, she makes it fairly clear that Colin either has, like, some kind of, like, racial tendencies. Maybe. Or it's just general hate speech, it seems like. Hate speech. But it is interesting the way that was worded. That part threw me for a loop because we were always talking about, like, outbursts and then that kind of came out of nowhere it seemed but yeah i just feel like i mean with anything the truth lies somewhere in the middle we'll Mm -hmm. never know and that's fine sure it's just so fascinating kind of a bummer to end on because you're just like oh this family tore apart and then you know these poor kiddos are kind of caught in the middle and i mean like even as adults maddie and kara i think gosh they might have graduated college at this point and they're still living through it something i don't want to end and this is another sad note because really the documentary i mean it's a downfall of a family in a way it's it's divided now Mm -hmm. something i feel terrible i didn't even mention earlier but over time they do kind of mention of how you know in collins even collins um moments of how the cameras impacted his life and how he kind of checked out but it made me question how i'm viewing shows when it is children that are a part of the product and they don't have a say in, well, I don't, you know, I don't want the cameras mm-hmm. around. Like, I don't want to be on TV. I don't want to be filmed. Not only their own privacy and having to always, I mean, you'll always be known. You'll always be Googled. I mean, in some ways, can we talk about like child labor laws? I mean, this mm-hmm. kid is a part of the product. I mean, that's child labor. And also not getting paid. You know they're not getting paid. It's going to like the parents' bank accounts, the family fund. You know these par- these kids are not getting paid, just like the Duggar kids weren't paid. Exactly, exactly. Even as adults, you know. But I wonder how, what are the ramifications for a child that has lived that type of lifestyle? You know, well, and, and the sam- I mean, the sample size, you know, speaking you know, medical terms of like what you do, I mean, it is so small because 
I mean, these shows relative to like a medical study, it's only it's a couple kids. Yeah. But man, the the stats are not great. Mm. It just sucks that their parents decided, okay, we're going to make this show. It's going to be great. And then it ends 10 years ago and you will still get hate mail Mm -hmm. from things that happened forever ago or just because of who you're related to or who your mother is. I mean, look at the the kids message you just read where during that moment in time, they might have been, you know, 12 to 14 Mm -hmm. but now they're getting hate mail from all of these people around the world yeah when they were just they were just a kid back then even if these events happen now it's not really any reason to send hate mail to someone's child but it's amazing it does involve other people those folks are also coming from the perspective of in their minds agreeing that they were definitely on team colin team john and then they just send hate mail to someone without you don't know the full picture, yeah. right? Like you said, it's in, it's somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Uh, and you're going full on with that one side of the story. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of a bummer, but... Because um, I always say, like, me and you are always like, devil's advocate, or can we see it from the other point of view? And, and, like, with this, there's, like, clearly two sides. And I don't think you can be solely one side. Though I still tend to be. <laughs> you know. But right. I mean, I, we, we all have our biases. I we mean, totally, I get it. I get and it. we'll absolutely admit that. I get it. Pretty good doc. I think the way they gave us the amount of information they gave us for that time slot, I think was incredible. I thought it was really good. And we didn't initially think we were going to cover this. This was we were just sitting down eating dinner one day. What do you want to watch? Oh, and then I was like, oh, I heard of this show. Like, I I have to see it. We were in. Yeah. Five minutes in. I was like, "Okay, I'm starting to take notes. I'm locked in. Yep. This is going to be perfect. Even though it ends on a bummer and. We have to talk about kids and their futures and the decisions of parents. It was a really good show. I do recommend people watching it, especially if you did watch John and Kate Plus 8 and or just Kate Plus 8. It is a really nice kind of behind the scenes, behind the tabloids view. Like you said, I really wish we got some of Kate's side or even just any comments about it. But I understand her wanting to move on. So can't totally hate that. But yeah. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you all have a beautiful week. I hope it's not super stressful or anything, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much.